0: You're listening to the soundtrack of a video posted online last July from a town called Bielstock in northeast Poland. A crowd of about a thousand people marching through the streets, singing songs, riding on top of floats draped in rainbow flags. It seemed like a peaceful day out, like any other pride march that happens in any other city in Europe. But then the trouble started.
1: And we have this Bialystok march where uh, it was the first time we've seen such a big violence where the normal citizens, normal people was uh, throwing stones onto us. It was our stone wall where we was fighting back.
0: Bart Starskowski is a Polish LGBT activist. He was there as far-right protesters through rocks, bricks, eggs and fireworks at the marchers.
1: And I think it was like the worst thing ever when I remember this Bialystok March. A lot of people have the trauma until today because it was like we've seen the fight, we've seen the war on the street, we've seen like the people who was there and uh, wanted to stop the march.
0: The rock throwers were emboldened by a law passed in the region and in cities across Poland against LGBT ideology, LGBT, of course, stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. What those laws actually mean is a bit fuzzy, but they've contributed to a climate of fear. On that day in July, there were mass arrests. 70 people were charged with crimes.
1: I think that this was, like, the worst violence ever against LGBT people. And right right now we are the enemy.
0: BBC Trending. We take an investigative look at the world of social media. I'm Mike Wendling. This week, how community in Poland was targeted and how they fought back on the streets and online. Ben Hunt is the BBC's LGBT correspondent. He's been in Poland reporting on this story. Hi, Ben. Hello. Ben, first get us up to speed. I'm guessing this conflict did not start with just one march in just one medium-sized city.
2: You're right. If we go back a bit further, about a year ago, the mayor of Warsaw, Poland's capital city, signed a declaration in support of LGBT rights. The city government said they'd teach schoolchildren about same-sex relationships, for instance.
0: So wait, so that's a pro-LGBT declaration in the capital?
2: Yes, but that prompted a backlash. This is how Bart Staszkowski, that Polish activist, described it.
1: The right-wing populists started to feel it as, as a war, as a fight, that we need to fight back something to do something otherwise. So they made this LGBT-free zones. A lot of the cities in
2: Poland, across Poland, declared them as an LGBT-free zones. LGBT free zones is a shorthand phrase for places that have passed these laws. But let's be clear, it's not that gay people are explicitly banned from these towns. They won't be arrested if they travel through them. It simply means local councils have passed laws. Some of them use terminology like traditional family values or protecting Christian values. Some make references to LGBT ideology. The activists we've talked to say the meaning of these laws is clear, that they and other LGBT people aren't welcome in those spaces. So the
0: pro-LGBT declaration by Warsaw sets off a chain of events, like you say, a backlash.
2: That's right. Some activists who have been keeping track of this say that more than 80 towns or up to a third of local councils in Poland have passed some kind of law against so-called LGBT ideology. So I've got my laptop in front of me here and there's an interactive map made by two activists that shows all of the towns that have adopted an LGBT free zone. It's called the Atlas of Hate.
0: Okay, so looking at this map, uh, it looks like nearly the whole of southeast Poland is covered in red, meaning the local government has passed some sort of law of this type.
2: Yes, and this comes against a backdrop of prejudice and discrimination against LGBT people in Poland. It's a conservative, religious country. But recently, the rhetoric has been ramped up by the ruling Law and Justice Party. Its leader, Jarosław Skarskiński, recently said... Yes, attack. LGBT
1: is an attack on the family and children.
2: The national government has been encouraging these local laws and have done other things too. For example, there's a state-owned magazine called Gazeta Polska, which gave away LGBT free zone stickers and encouraged readers to put them up. We
0: contacted the Polish government through the embassy here in London to get a response to some of these allegations. As of the time of recording this, they had not got back to us.
2: So there's a general climate in a lot of the country of hostility towards LGBT people. And that culminated in what we heard happening in Beerstock at the beginning of the programme. But then came the reaction, the backlash to the backlash. The day after the violence, a hashtag started trending on Twitter. Hashtag JestemLGBT. In English, that means I am LGBT. In some ways, it was the biggest mass coming out in Polish history. We had a few people read out what they tweeted.
3: Hashtag JestemLGBT. I am a doctor. One day I may save your life. My jestem LGBT. I'm regular grey,
1: balmy, laboratory engineer, chemist and me with that well. Hashtag LGBT. I'm a lawyer, I hate vacuuming, I devour books.
2: Hashtag jestem LGBT, a firefighter, I'm a normal person too.
3: You'll meet me on the train, at the market and in the park, but I'm most often in front of some kind of a screen,
2: because I'm a front-end developer. It dominated Polish Twitter, and it wasn't just the biggest trend in the country for one day, but for over a week. Ben, that's pretty astonishing. I mean,
0: obviously, we look at a lot of trends on this programme, and rarely do they last more than a few hours,
2: especially on Twitter. This one lasts a whole week. Tens of thousands of people were expressing their frustration and trying to just reinforce the message that they were just normal citizens like anyone else. Here's the activist Bart Staszkowski again.
1: After the Pride March, after this whole media attention about us, on that focus on us, we were sick about the situation in Poland, and we made the Twitter action where we put the hashtag #jestemLGBT, that means that hashtag I'm LGBT, that we show up, come out as a
2: normal persons. After the Twitter campaign, there was a lot of buzz. The story attracted the attention of the European Parliament, which voted to condemn the local anti-LGBT laws. But street confrontations actually continued, and it was even a couple that got arrested trying to bring a bomb to a march. Our producer Sean recently went with Bart, the activist, to an event in Warsaw. It was a protest in support of the European Union, and Bart invited LGBT activists to come along.
0: So you organise this rainbow, uh, this uh, pride, this sort of LGBT. Yeah, yeah. So like you, 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 made it on Facebook
3: for more LGBT people to go to the already yeah. established. Yeah, I made
1: this this event. Yeah. I uh, after you told me, I think I told you this. is quite a good idea to have co- to collect everyone in one place and then to go somewhere, uh, like in a group.
2: There were 10,000 people in attendance, and Bart's group totaled about 100 people. They were right at the back with a giant rainbow flag. Now, you'd think that this is a pretty liberal, progressive crowd, but Bart still got some negative comments about the rainbow flag, which is a well-known LGBT symbol. Here's how one of the activists described it to us.
3: I don't know, six people already has jumped on us asking why are you here with those flags. One guy was particularly unpleasant and he started to offend us. So this is homophobia on the march for democracy. So welcome to, to Poland. Poland. Yeah.
2: The event was peaceful. There wasn't any violence. However, immediately when it was over, the LGBT marchers quickly hid their flags away, Bart included.
1: Usually on the ore marches, pride marches or like this, when you have some LGBT signs, so people are scared about what can happen to them, so they usually take off all the signs before they go out of the march. So right now I'm taking off my flag from me, and I'm hiding it in my backpack.
2: You can just see the fear, even in the relatively relaxed confines of a progressive march in the Polish capital, Bart and his fellow activists feel afraid. And maybe they have good reason to. This is a protest by a far-right group who organise counter-demonstrations. And they're also active online, of course. Even when hashtag YesDemLGBT or I am LGBT was trending, there was a rival hashtag, hashtag YesDemHetro, or I am heterosexual. The people pushing it were mostly against the activists. One far-right group is called All Polish Youth. They're a nationalist group that believe that LGBT people pose a threat to what they call traditional family values. Martosz Marva is their spokesperson.
3: We believe that this LGBT ideology is wrong. They can do whatever they want in their private area, in their homes, but uh, please do not come to the streets because we'll protest against this propaganda and we'll do anything and everything to ban this
0: So this group only tolerates people if they're in the closet they're hiding the fact that they're LGBT.
2: Yes, and they go further than that. They take this kind of language to the streets. They use their Facebook page to schedule counter-demonstrations against equality marches. At one of them last year, a group of them dressed entirely in cleaning gear, including latex bodysuits, rubber gloves, face masks and brooms. The event description read...
0: We will wash LGBT. We will save families. This is an event where we will show our opposition to the promotion of harmful social trends. We will decontaminate our city and rid it of the disease called LGBT ideology.
2: And as the march commenced, they followed behind, brushing the streets where the marchers had stepped. Now, an event like the one that the all-Polish youth set up would appear to break Facebook's rules, specifically the network's rules against hate speech, which they define as, quote, a direct attack on people based on what we call protected characteristics. And one of those protected characteristics is sexual orientation. We approached Facebook and they said,
1: We are investigating these groups and urge people to report any content they are concerned about. Our work against organised hate is ongoing, and we will continue to review individuals, organisations, pages, groups and content against our community standards.
2: We put it to the all-Polish youth that their Facebook event was designed to whip up hate.
3: I don't think so. We just try to to show our opinion about this and that's all.
2: The stance of the all-Polish youth is clear and quite extreme. If you are LGBT and you express anything about your sexuality or gender in public, they do not want you in Poland.
3: We not want them. We don't want any LGBT organisations or people walking the streets on the pride parades or uh, do some propaganda in the schools, in the medias and so on, because we don't want our kids watching this kind of ideas and ideologies.
2: For Bart, the activist, the local laws, along with groups like the All-Polish Youth, led him and many others to consider action, even leaving the country.
1: A lot of people leave Poland because they feel bad, so they just leave Poland, live the simple life. Me and my boyfriend, we are also thinking to leave Poland someday because it's hard and sometimes you just don't believe that it will
0: change. So it sounds like here's an issue that's in the background for LGBT people in Poland all the time. Since Poland is a member of the European Union, they have the legal right to move to any other country in the EU. Now, it's a bit difficult to go anywhere in Europe right now due to the coronavirus. But in general, in normal times, it's pretty easy. And Poles of all sorts have settled in many other countries throughout Europe.
2: Yes, and the perception is that a lot of other countries, particularly in Western Europe, are a lot friendlier towards LGBT people. I wanted to see for myself what life is like on the ground. So I went to Poland recently and I spent some time with Bart. At a protest, of course. And I was also with Martin. He's a Pole who left years ago because he felt he just couldn't live his life as a gay man in Poland. So we're at a protest today. What is it like for you being here now that you live in the UK? It's petrifying, to be fair. And just looking at this, he's actually quite scared to think that, you know, next moment in the next few minutes someone could just come in and punch me yeah so not not a nice feeling martin seemed very out of place at the protest which was being held against a priest who had previously talked about a so-called rainbow plague martin hadn't been in this kind of environment before there were police surrounding the church and so on Bart, however was very much in his comfort zone as an organizer and he even gave a speech on how he won't leave This is my
3: country. I will stay here and I will not move.
2: Afterwards, we got both of them to sit down and discuss their situations. We've been speaking to a lot of LGBT people who have left. Obviously, some have stayed. But which way do you think is best? But.
1: Uh, I think it will be best for them to stay here. And if I would imagine myself how to convince you to stay if you would be wanted to to leave Poland, so I would say uh, don't do it because we need you here. We need to make Poland great again.
2: Martin, what do you think about people leaving? I think it's slightly easier to actually go um, and have the life that you deserve. I would advise people to go. Come back when the country is ready. They also disagreed about the impact of hashtag YesDemLGBT. Martin called it just another form of slacktivism.
0: In other words, sort of lazy online activism where people might sign a petition or click on something to share it, but otherwise not do a whole lot.
2: Yep, that's right. Talking is great. We can talk as much as we want, but if there is no action, nothing is going to change. You know, yes, we can go with different hashtags, we can go with different campaigns, but if something is going to change only f- for a week, then you know, I apologize, but I don't really need this to happen, because I need people to actually take some actions from
1: it. Oh, but sometimes people just want to know that they are not alone. So, and this is the, what this action was about. I mean, this yesterday ISTMLGBT, yes, it was about showing that we are doctors, we are plumbers, but still that you are not alone. It just showed that we are part of the society from which they want to exclude us.
2: Bart still tries to cling on to hope that things will get better for him and his community. It's clear he's not going anywhere.
1: The past, the uh, 2019, was horrible for all all of us. Somewhere deep in my mind, deep in my head, I know that those things can happen again, that the Bialystok march can be the same, those bunch of nationalists and right-wing people, that it will be the same story, I'm just hoping. (laughs)
2: Of course, a lot of public gatherings have been cancelled in Poland and all around the world. But they will start up again, and it's certainly possible that there will be more violence. But Bart, for one, isn't backing down. And he's got a lot of friends who feel the same way. I want people
1: to wake up. That is our battle, uh, that you cannot be silent. You just need to do something about this. And if people will be on the street, like they're down in the a Uh, like we've done in Bialystok last year. So we will win this battle, I think.
0: That's it this week for BBC Trending. I'm Mike Wendling. Thanks to our reporter Ben Hunt. Sean Alsop was our producer. Thanks also to the people who recorded their tweets for us. You can use any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, to get in touch. Let me know what you thought of this episode or contact me directly. You can reach me via social media or email. My email is michael.wendling, W-E-N-D-L-I-N-G, at bbc.co.uk. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review wherever you got this podcast from. We'll be back in your feed soon with a look at coronavirus disinformation and one particular story that went, well, viral. Until then, stay safe and thanks for listening. And if you're looking for other podcasts, may we recommend this one from our colleagues here at the BBC World Service. Okay, yes, we've had a problem here. Disaster on a spacecraft 200,000 miles from home. You've just had a big explosion and you don't know what caused it. Confusion back on Earth.
1: Nothing made sense in those first few seconds.
0: And three astronauts in mortal peril. We were not confident we were going to get the crew back. It's going down. We're losing it. The inside story of how NASA brought Apollo 13 back from the brink of catastrophe. I remember walking back into the control center and put my headset on and said, guys, we got a plan. 13 Minutes to the Moon,
2: Season 2. We're going to be outside all known design and test boundaries of the spacecraft. From the BBC World Service. That's a brilliant maneuver. And he did it in about 30 milliseconds.
0: Search for 13 Minutes to the Moon, wherever you get your podcasts.